Hi, and welcome to the FBC El Dorado Sermon Podcast. We hope God will use this week's message to both inspire and challenge you as you seek to walk closer with the Lord. Now, join me as we listen in to this week's sermon. Well, I didn't say it before, but Happy New Year. Uh, isn't it crazy how fast uh, this year's flown by? Let me ask, <clears throat> does anybody have a New Year's resolution? Okay. Is anyone thinking about having a New Year's resolution? Anybody? No? Okay, a few of you are thinking about, hey, tomorrow, if you didn't know, uh, is January 1st. So if you're thinking about it, now's the time, uh, because you are out of time in like 14 hours. Uh, so if you're thinking about it, commit to it. Uh, and if you're not thinking about it, but you've meant to think about it, you're thinking about thinking about it, <laughs> not, not to throw you under the bus, uh, but you're out of time. Anyway, New Year's resolutions are good. Yeah, uh, we set goals to lose weight or get fit or um, be more plugged in to do a lot of different things. Let me offer you this morning one more resolution, one more thing to put on your list. Uh, I promise you that you won't regret putting this on. Um, so this morning, uh, we're going to do something a little different. It'll make sense as we continue through the service. Um, if you want to follow along in your own Bible, we'll be in Matthew chapter 5 this morning. While you're turning there, uh, there are some things that are going to be passed out to you, and I don't have one. Can someone bring me a glow stick? Hey, listen, don't crack these, please. Thank you so much. I forgot. Hey, you're going to get a glow stick from somewhere. Y'all can go ahead and start passing them out. Don't be shy. All right. Hey, listen, I'm telling you now, if you crack these now, it's going to lose its effect in a few minutes. So if you've got your kids in the room, I hope you do. Uh, if they're not across the street, tell them they get one too, but tell them not to crack these. I only bought a few. Okay. So don't crack them. If you do, I'll tell you, shame on you, but that'll be about it. But please don't. Um, and while you're getting those, let me kind of give you some context. Um, a few months ago, uh, we went through across the street a series um, called Head, Heart, and Hands. And what that is, uh, just three simple illustrations of some ways that we can put our faith into practical use. Um, our heart, our, or our head, is where we started uh, it's the knowledge that we have of Scripture, the knowledge that we have of Christ, um, just our, our basics of our faith. Moving on to our heart, we look at how we apply our faith to our own lives, things that we can change, things that we set goals for, uh, things that God calls us to do or doesn't call us to do that maybe we should move towards or move away from. And finally, our hands. Our hands is just a very practical thing. What do we do with what God has given us? Does anyone still need a glow stick? Raise your hand. There are a few still over here. I think there are plenty. Let's see. Anybody else still need one? Cool. Um, so yeah, our, our hands are just our practical things of what we do 
uh, with our faith, things that we do with Scripture, um, how do we get plugged in in order to tell other people about Jesus. In Matthew chapter 5, we find the Sermon on the Mount, maybe Jesus' most famous sermon and illustrations that he has given to us um, to date, and, and some things that are really practical uh, that he follows the Beatitudes with. Um, looking actually in verse 13, uh, sorry, I told you verse 14, uh, but I'm going to back it up just a little bit to throw some context in there. Jesus says this, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Um, so I don't know the context of salty that y'all have, uh, I, my my terminology is uh, not great, as I'm told by um, some students. So salty has not always had a great concept. I, I remember back when I was in college, we would go to our student pastor's house and play uh, a card game called Spades. Anybody know about Spades? Okay, we'll play sometime. It's a lot of fun. However, our youth pastor was really, really, really good at Spades. And so what he would do is he would bring a salt shaker to the table with him. You see where this is going. He'd set it right here in front of us. And so we'd start playing. And he and his partner, somehow, I think they cheated uh, because his partner was normally my sister. Um, anyway, I think they cheated. But any time they would start winning, he would just take that salt shaker and he would slide it to one of the losing uh, teams. Essentially what he's saying is, you're salty because I'm beating you. That's not always what we want to be known as, is salty, angry people who can't play a card game uh, and get really upset about it. However, Jesus has a different context here. What he says is salt is a good thing. Being salty in this context is good because what it is is we are um, preservatives of the world. What he's done is he has set this way of life, this standard about it uh, to us, and what we're to do is to go and tell other people about that standard that he set, about Scripture, about who he is, what he came to do, um, and what he does for us. So what he says is, um, if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. And that's where we have um, the Scripture that we're going to dive into this morning, starting in verse 14. Jesus says this, You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. So in verse 14, Jesus starts off by saying this, You are the light of the world. We just got done celebrating Christmas. Some of you are way ahead of the game and already have all your lights taken down. Some of us uh, got our lights uh, put up a week before Christmas uh, by some students that came over for a cookie swap, uh, and I refused to take them down until next week maybe because they just got put up. Uh, but what we are reminded of during Christmas time, the reason we have lights and and um, big shining things is so that we can remember that Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus came down to earth and we are told that he is the light that comes to save us, to die for us, to raise again for us so that we have eternal life with him. But Jesus says something 
kind of profound and maybe really important to your life, instead of saying, I'm the light of the world, as he does in a couple other um, scriptures that we'll mention shortly, he says that you are the light of the world. And so out of the three verses that we're going to really dive into, this may be the most important thing that he tells us. First of all, there's a theme that comes with light. Light is used a lot throughout Scripture as a separation. So a practical one, light is the opposite of darkness. Light also is the separation of good and evil, of God and Satan, um, and importantly, believers and unbelievers. The other reason that this phrase is important uh, is because, again, we've heard it before. In John 8, 12 and, and John 9, 5, Jesus tells us that he is the light of the world. Jesus' mission while he was on earth was to come and be a light, to show people who God is, to save his people, to restore a world that was broken and filled with darkness. He's the separator of good and evil. Um, and Jesus tells his followers here, though, uh, in the same way that now they are the light because they have encountered the light of who Jesus is. His disciples are now the light of the world. Theologian um, Michael J. Wilkins puts it this way. He says, the light of revelation from God that accompanies Jesus' announcement of the kingdom is not just carried by his disciples, but instead they are the light of the world. A lot of words in there, so let me read it again. The light of revelation from God that accompanies Jesus' announcement of the kingdom is not just carried by his disciples, but instead they are the light of the world. Jesus' disciples are called to be the light. They can't be hidden. For their very nature, the kingdom life within them is living testimony to those in the world who do not yet have life. Our testimony, by our nature of being Christians, is to show other people a light that they have not encountered yet. Our mission is not just to tell other people about the light, uh, or Jesus, but instead to be the light and be like Jesus. So uh, here is what we're going to do moving into verse 15, the moment that you've all been waiting for. Can you turn the lights off? And here's what I want you to do. All at once, we're going to take our glow sticks. And by the way, I forgot about the giant windows uh, in here. <laughs> so sorry, uh, it doesn't have the same effect as it does across the street. Just pretend, okay? And on three, we're going to crack them together, and it's going to be the most incredible. Some of y'all can't wait until three. <laughs> All right, here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Y'all act like they're silent. You can crack them, and you can shake them up a little bit. Y'all know how glow sticks works. Work. Mine is not glowing. I'll hold this in so you can see it. Everybody hold them up. Wave them around. Okay, look around. That's not bad. Everybody can kind of see it. Yeah, so listen. The purpose of light is to be a light, to give some kind of definition to people around us. And now here's what I want you to do, as we're still, some of you are still trying to get yours to glow. Uh, they were cheap at Walmart, sorry. Uh, so here's what I want you to do, okay? What I want you to do um, quickly is, is hide your light, okay? Put it somewhere that... Um, nobody, your neighbors can't see it. Keep the lights off for just a second. Um, so what we're doing right now uh, is we're extinguishing our light. 
Okay, so maybe we can see our own light, but the people around us are unable to see our light. Again, pretend that it's completely black in here. Um, but we're, we're not called to do that. Like, that's not the purpose of our lights. We're not supposed to crack a glow stick and then go and throw it in the trash or to hide it somewhere because it defeats the purpose of what this is. In the same way, Jesus says you don't light a lamp and then put it under a basket because that's not the purpose of the lamp. In the same way, with our lights in Christ, our purpose is not to hide it, is not to shy away from it, to be bold and to show other people around us. You can bring the the lights back up. Um, So when we enter into a relationship with Jesus, we become Christians. We're no longer in the dark. We're no longer uh, hidden away from God's purpose, but instead we are a light. We are revealed in God's purpose and we're filled with the Holy Spirit. God makes us a light to those around us, but it's also up to carry out that purpose. If we're Christians and we choose not to tell others about Christ, and we choose to cover up that light that Christ puts in our life, we're defeating God's intentions for us. We're defeating the purpose that God has set in front of us. If you remember, um, as we're reading, or as we read, like, the Easter story, leading up to Easter, um, leading up in Holy Week, we hear about a fig tree. We read about it. Um, Does anyone remember the fig tree that we read about? Does anyone remember if it was producing fruit or not? For those of you that may remember or may not, it was not producing fruit. Jesus and his disciples were um, on the road, and and there's this fig tree, and Jesus is hungry. And uh, what happens is instead he sees this tree that's not producing fruit, and he curses this tree. And his disciples are confused. They said, well, hold on. Like, aren't you hungry? And he said, yeah, I'm, I'm hungry. But this tree's not living up to its purpose. This tree's not doing what it's intended to do. When Christ fills something, when Christ fills up, what we are is we are full of life. We're life-giving. We're light-bearing. Just as the fig tree is supposed to bear figs to bear fruit, we are to bear Christ's light. However, just as quickly as it is for me to do this and hide my light from all of you, our spiritual light, our lives are really kind of easy to shy away from. We tend to get pretty distracted as people, right? Um, so just for context uh, in our own life, uh, we have two kids, and we are currently ba- dog-sitting. So now we have two large dogs in our house uh, that are constantly playing and fighting. And really, they should probably be outside, uh, but our dog will jump the fence and then go sit on our front porch to try to let her back in the house. And so we're not—anyway, we have a lot going on. We have a two-and-a-half-year-old that's learning phrases like no or when you call her to come into a room or leave what she's doing to come and, like, eat or whatever, she will say, not right now, sorry, I'm busy, which, <laughs> she, like, she's cooking in her little play kitchen. She's like, I'm making eggs, and we're like, no, you're not. And anyway, it's busy. And did we, I didn't mention, we have a three-month-old, um, and so, like, she's she's needy too uh and that's not her fault but she's needy like our lives are constantly being pulled in every which direction and we're i mean we're parents of people less than three so i know that like you y'all know what i'm talking about anyway it's busy our lives are busy it's hard to stay on track a lot of the time 
But along with distractions, sometimes we let a sin, a new one or an old one, creep back into our life. That stops what we're doing. That stops our our focus on Christ. Sometimes we uh, reprioritize our list to have like a me over him mentality. Or sometimes we say, you know, we will we'll put it off later. And you know what I'm talking about. It's the, well, I'll get to my spiritual life at some point. Or, you know, just in the nick of time, I'll get right with God when I'm about to go through a hard season in life. And, and that way, like God will be with me through this season of life. But we are not called to live that way. Instead, we're called to live as lights, as God being the, the first priority on our list. And sometimes that's hard. But we are called to a higher standard. Does anyone know uh, what happens um, to our muscles? Uh, this is kind of a, another illustration. Like if you don't work out for so long, do you know what happens to your muscles? I'm sorry, y'all are going to talk louder than that. You lose them. Yeah, I mean, they, they go away. They diminish. I mean, look, look at this, you know. But listen, sorry, listen. In the same way, when we don't use our spiritual life, when we're not practicing, when we're not in Scripture constantly, when we're not um, talking kindly to others, when we are not focused in on what it is that God calls us to do, we tend to get a little lazy with our faith. And that's a bad thing. Instead of living in that way, we have to reprioritize. We have to figure out what God wants us to do, what God calls us to do, and say, okay, that and then everything else, and it can't be close. So how do we wrap all this up? Jesus has said a lot. I mean, it's really practical stuff. You know, you're, you're a light. Don't hide your light. But Jesus goes a step further in verse 16. And he says this, just as a reminder, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. So what we do is we take the things that Jesus said in verses 14 and 15, and we just do it. We just act it out. We apply that as part of our life. We live like lights that Christ called us to. I don't really know how Jesus could put it into simpler terms. And he just says that we're called to be lights of the world, to be people who leave a little bit of Jesus everywhere we go. Do you remember what James says that our faith leads to? It leads to works. Now, we still we talk about this across the street, and just to remind y'all, faith or our, our works are not the things that save us. However, our works are a direct production from our faith. When we live boldly through Christ, when we carry out our faith in Christ, people see us by our love which a lot of the time comes through our works. And that's important because your works are the things that you do every single day. That means that when people see you, just as they saw the disciples, they can identify you and say, hey, you are a follower of Christ. You have something that is super important. You have a light that can't be put out. That's important for us to remember as we go along our faith journey. So, Here's kind of what I want to say is, no matter where we are, the things we say, the things we do, um, the way we treat other people, everything should reflect the light that Jesus has put within us. If you want to follow along, I, I forgot to put this in, but if you want to follow along, uh, we're going to jump over to Matthew 28, uh, and I'm going to show you one more illustration as well. But in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, um, we have what's known as the Great Commission, something that Jesus gives us to go and carry out what it is that he's called us to do in, in earlier chapters. It says this, 
In verse 18, Jesus came near to them and said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Is it going to scream if I go this way? Okay. So, which way? This way? Oh, I'm not going to face the speaker. I'll just watch y'all. Hey, look. So in here is a bowl of water. I'm going to do this super carefully. Okay. It makes y'all nervous, doesn't it? Hey, listen. So here is kind of what Jesus tells us. And I learned this at a children's camp several years ago uh, at a little place called Bog Springs. And it's super practical to today. And if kids can understand it, Adults can understand it as well. And if kids can carry it out, adults can carry it out uh, in your in your everyday life as well. You hear that, kids in the room? Y'all are super important to what it is that God calls you to do. But we are a lot like this sponge. So if I take this sponge and I rub it right here, it's not doing anything. In fact, what it's probably doing is it's picking up a lot of the dirt that's on here and it's sticking right here to the sponge or knocking it all over the place. But God calls us to be something different. God calls us to be the sponge, but not a dry sponge, but one that is submerged in his word, okay? And so what happens now, and I, I haven't been here long enough to fling water at you, so I won't, but what God calls us to do is to absorb everything that he has called us to do. Everything he's taught us, everything that he shows us, everywhere we go, what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to be like this sponge, and everything we touch, I'm not going to get all this wet, uh, but everything we touch, we're supposed to leave, just as the sponge leaves water, a little bit of Jesus everywhere we go. That goes a long way. If we can just commit to leaving just a little bit of Jesus where we go, we can make a huge impact for the kingdom. And so here's what I want to do as we move into um, our invitation this morning. It has two different parts. Um, our first invitation uh, is kind of what we talked about uh, at the beginning, our New Year's resolution. Some of us need to make resolutions to be brighter lights or to be consistent lights or to be light to people who are familiar. In other words, spouses, be a light to one another in this upcoming year. Life is hard. Your spouse needs you. And what that means is talk kinder to them. What that means is love them more. What that means is show your spouse that Christ loves them and they are valued by Christ. Parents, be a light to your kids. Again, we've only been parents for two and a half years. I can't imagine, sorry teenagers, uh, what it is that some of y'all have to deal with on an everyday basis but your kids need you. Just in the, the short time that I've been here in Union County, Union County needs you. Parents, be light to your kids and show them that everything you do brings glory to Christ and that they are valued by Christ. And here's one that's hard. Be friends to your enemies. That one stinks because your enemies have nothing good for you, but you have something good for them. Be a light to your enemies. Be a friend to the person who despises you. Be that light. Show them that they are valued by Christ. 
Here's the second part of our invitation as we start to close. For a lot of you, maybe in this room, you don't know quite the light that I talked about this morning. Here's the thing about light or being um, someone who lives in a Christian faith. You can't share a light if you don't have a light. Like you're not able to go and tell other people about Jesus if you don't have Jesus yourself. It falls on deaf ears and you become, uh, I guess, a, a hypocrite is, is the right word for it. If you don't have that light, if you don't know who Jesus is, there's no more perfect place and time than right now to know who Jesus is. So the worship team is coming back up, and, and they're going to lead us in a song um, of invitation. And what I want you to do is, during this invitation, maybe you have to make more commitments for 2024. Maybe you have some things that you say, okay, God, what is it that I can do better in order to be a brighter light for you? For some of you, if you don't know who Jesus is, I'll be here at the front, and I'd love to talk to you about who Jesus is. Whatever it is that God is calling you to do, I pray that you respond. Maybe it's time to find a church home that uh, you've been putting off. This is a great place uh, to call your church family. Whatever it is, I pray that you accept God's call um, and act boldly in that response. So let me pray for you real quick. God, we love you and we praise you. Um, we just thank you for this time of worship um, as we close out the year. God, as we move into a new year, we pray that we can be lights to our community, to our families, to our friends, um, to our enemies. God, we just pray that uh, as 2023 closes out, that we don't look at um, the things that we have uh failed on, but we look at the things that you've done and the ways that you have um, impacted those failures and how you have helped us grow. God, we just pray for this time of invitation that um, whatever responses need to be made, they're made. God, we pray for 2024 as we um, reel in the new year tonight. Uh, God, just let us be committed to you for this coming year. God, we love you and praise you. In your name we pray. Amen.